When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, welcome to the family with Techmaster Ralph Toy Basham, MD. Alex Brand Bernard Rasmussen. Co host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brand Bernard. And Melissa Bernard. Not- right, your mom's in one of those movies no, today. Nothing witty came to mind. So uh, I, yeah, just- like, kind of, <laughs> I know. I was like, she's trying to think of something and then got distracted. Wonderful. We'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Dougie, what's happening to my favorite Nissan stores? Well, a lot, actually. Last month, Dan Resch and the Burnsville team finished number one in the state, and the month before, J-Lo and the Coon Rapids team took the top state spot. KQ listeners. Yeah, I've had to explain what a pair of choppers means to some of the staff. Anyway, this month, we want to talk about a couple killer finance deals on 2020 Muranos and 2020 Rogues. Read this. This month at Walzer Nissan and Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan, get 0% financing for 60 months on a brand new Rogue or 0% for 72 months on a brand new Murano. Wow, 0 for 72 months on a Murano? Yeah, I don't remember the last time we did that. Yeah, I don't remember the last time the Vikes beat the Packers either. Yeah, too soon. But wait, there's more. Not only do you get 0% on Rogue and Murano, but you also get Walzer Care. It's a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty, and it's absolutely free, but only at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan. That is a wrap. We are back. I have a question for you. Yes. I talked to Mike McVeigh, who was, um, I suppose, my boss for many years. I guess he wasn't really my boss, but he was the head of that department. As bossed as you can get. As bossed as I can get, it's true. He thinks that stations and podcasts should begin very early on, right, as a matter of fact, right before, not after, but right before Halloween, 
he thinks bumper music should all be Christmas music because people really need it. Oh. It's oh, an interesting idea. Do what you do you think, think of that, Do you think they'll start attacking Christmas, though, big time this year? Only if Catholics are involved. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just love that. Oh <laughs> what? Is that all you talk about now? <laughs> well, it's, hating it's rather yeah. prevalent. I don't know if you noticed that or not. That, I uh, have not heard a single person say that they hate Catholic people other than you talking about how people hate Catholic people. <clears throat> well, except you don't watch the news, so it's kind of hard I, for you I'm, to hear I'm out in the world and talking to people. People under the age of 35 don't give a rat's ass about all this stuff anyway. Yeah, so why is it such a big issue to you? Because to me, when the one's picking up the tab for everything, it makes a difference. Are you? I don't think you're Catholic. I'm Catholic. I was born. I was baptized Catholic. I was, I was baptized Cat- Catholic, but I'm not Catholic. Yes, you but are. are you? Non-denominational, not even really specifically religious. Zoroastrian? No, I'm, I'm well, spiritual. Cult of Osiris? I'm agnostic. <laughs> spiritual. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. I've always liked the Catholic culture. I don't, I'm not that religious a guy, but I do like Catholics and the Catholic culture. No, but I wouldn't consider you Catholic. I'm definitely Catholic. Yeah. When's the last time practicing Catholic person? When's the last time you did the rosary? I have never done the rosary. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what she's trying to say. You're not a practicing Catholic well, person. Well, yeah. You're acting like you're. How often do like you take communion? So in every time we go to church. Yeah, which is so once a year. Yeah, once or twice a year. Well, it's been more maybe than six that. times a year. Uh, What's the last time you went to a year. Catholic church? Uh, about six months ago. No, no probably nine months ago now. Yeah, because we haven't got, we haven't got a church at all in six yeah. months. You're acting like you're right? the most Catholic man in the world, no, and now all of a sudden okay, understand. everybody's. Let me make this very clear to you why this is. Because my mother was Catholic. My mother's a white woman. Don't be going after white people and Catholics around me because that's what my mother was. So get the hell out of my face. What? There, that's is this very. Is all they talk about on the news is how Catholics well, are the worst? It's because Amy Coleman Barman. Oh, I'm coming, Eamon. Absolutely. The news of Amy Spider is running. Amy. Absolutely. Colin. The new Supreme Court Justice yeah. nominee. She's Catholic. Yeah. So, but she's people of praise Catholic. Yeah, she's different people of praise. than That's just different. like Most Catholic. people don't know the difference. They just say, they just know that she's Catholic. So, oh, she's right. people of praise Catholic? Is this like Reformed Jews? Well, what is it? No, kind, speaking in kinda. tongues and stuff. Yeah, they it's speak charismatic. So it's. Yeah. Now Catholicism has a new charismatic genre. That's in, not new. It's been around well, forever. It, I was going to say new as of what? Of so it's like years years new as in now people are interested in Catholicism that are young because mm-hmm. of that. So like, like Kabbalah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's a Scientology. Fan. They just, yeah, yeah. No, I just, uh, my only point wow. is, moving on, is right now it's okay to uh, attack Catholics because they're the wrong kind of Christian <laughs> and Israelis because they're the wrong kind of Jews. Well, if they keep attacking well, Catholics, they're going to lose a whole lot of Hispanic voters. The oh, Babylon Bee yeah. had yes. a good one. ACB now she's called. It's Missy yeah. Spider is now ACB. <clears throat> yeah. Racing to get dinner ready for husband so he'll let her out to overturn Roe versus Wade. <laughs> that is what the news is saying. I know it's hilarious. So she, like, she thinks that you have to like obey oh, your God. husband no matter what he says. It's like the she's becoming a supreme. The doctrines of these churches, they say the head of the household. It isn't that you're under their thumb and that yeah, they're really, you know no, they'll exactly. No, They'll tell is, you when you can go to the bathroom. It is I feel like if a woman it's, thinks that women should know their place in the kitchen, she wouldn't become Supreme Court Justice of the United right, States. Right, Pretty exactly. sure that wouldn't happen. The second highest office in the entire country. She's, yeah, clearly not thinking that, 
you know, a woman just needs to vacuum all day. Here's another, here's another B. CNN reports Amy Coney Barrett attended bizarre ceremony where she ate flesh and drank blood of Jewish guy. See, now that's funny. Well, technically she ate a cracker and then it transubstantiated into flesh. <laughs> And the blood of Christ, I don't know about but, that But I mean, either. that's the whole thing. Just the, the, the problem we have in America is that everybody goes so incredibly off the deep end the about deep everything. End. Exactly. There's nothing that can't be crazed yeah. at this right. point. You Catholics? could say, I like bluebirds, and they can turn yeah. that into like some sort of well, crazy thing. Catholics have never really been in favor in America. No. We've only had one Catholic president, despite right. 40%, I look I what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah, that's Did true. Did not end well. Ended up taking the mafia bullet. Catholics are very yeah. underrepresented yeah. in political office. Except for the Supreme Court. There's five of them? Three, Three I think. No. Three, I think. I think five of them are Catholic. I read mm. something. There's two oh, Jewish, cool. one that was raised Catholic but isn't Catholic anymore. She would be the fifth, I think. Because Ruth Bader Ginsburg wasn't. Yeah, I just read Ruth Bader Ginsburg wasn't Catholic, really? Yeah. She was Jewish. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's shocking. It's Couldn't shocking. believe that. But there are two Jewish, one non-denominational, <laughs> and then I think... The thing is, is that none of their religions should take... Any, we shouldn't be right. uh, into the conversation Couldn't because if you, if you're going to be a judge, and I mean in a perfect world, you're supposed to be looking at the Constitution and talking about law precedent. You're not supposed to right. be worried yeah, about what interpretation of the Constitution is what they're worried about. But it, she doesn't have an she, interpretation of the Constitution. That's where people are. That's because she is a conservative. They're worried yeah, about that she'll have a conservative view. That's well, what they're worried I about. I will say that the one thing she's said that I'm a little concerned about is that she said that if there is no legal justification for a decision, she will defer to the Pope, which, you know, isn't... Great, but if she takes that, <laughs> well, she very can't be. She's not going to be forwarding her emails to the Pope. No. If she takes what do you think we should do? Like, Pope? there's literally no. no constitutional. You know, it's it's just a matter of not voting or voting. Oof. You know, then I guess well, in that case, then that's the whatever. Separation of church and state is what yeah, people I, are. I don't know. She's already people been a judge. She's already been. A, she's been a judge now <clears> for three or four years, something like that. Has it, it. has have bad things happened? Have right. Has she overturned every single thing that There's doesn't have thing. to do with I'd like God? To, yeah, I'd like to see her like track record on decisions. Well, she as being a judge, you can like get it. You just go on online yeah. and get it. And yeah, I'd yeah. like to no read problem. that. <laughs> Yeah. No problem. So basically, actually uh, get some information. Social journalists. Moving forward, um, Kamala Harris, your your vice presidential candidate, uh, said uh, <laughs> yesterday or two days ago that. Uh, the best rapper alive is Tupac Shakur. He's been dead for 24 yeah. years. She said that? Yeah. And then she started she laughing. She went, oh, because apparently somebody whispered in her ear, he's dead. So she started laughing. And I mean, then she also called Ruth Bader Ginsburg notorious B.I.G. It's R.B.G. <laughs> no. R-B-G. It's R.B.G., not B.I.G. Yeah. And that's cultural appropriation, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. it is. That's cultural appropriation so, and... Um, Basically, yeah. let's go down the list of who we got out there. Everybody's a bunch of morons. Stellar. That's who we got to vote Sounds for. A bunch of right. dimwits okay. who don't have a clue. It's stellar. But my dimwit's better than your dimwit. Yeah, well, that's exactly where we are. Is my dimwit is better than your dimwit. It's hilarious. It is hilarious, God. It's uh, 
We had a situation on the morning show. I go on the morning show this morning and go, we have one minute left. I just want to read this headline, just get a quick take on it. Uh, Lakeville has banned the posting of BLM signs at their schools. Mm-hmm. Because they said we don't want political messages of any kind in our schools because that could only open up the door to some real problems. That's why they did it. They're not anti-black. Mm-hmm. They're not nothing like yeah, that. They don't want any signs at all. Yeah. So, Candace went on and said that Black Lives Matter is not a political organization. I said yes, it is, and they're worth over two billion. She goes, well, there's a different Black Lives Matter, and I said not the ones with the signs. And then, and then. Uh, Zepp went after her like there was no tomorrow. I was like, why did I bring this up? Mm-hmm. Why? I, I, all I wanted was a, what do you think, yes or no? They get to start this shouting match the last minute of the show. I'm like, Jesus. You think, I think you think it's going to get better closer no. to the election? Oh, I know. The closer no. you get, it's going to get crazy. It's oh, going to get really I think nice. it makes perfect sense for a school to not allow any signs yeah, of no, anything right. other than, have signs other of than anything. like go cardinals because like, everybody's, yeah. everybody's tax dollars exactly no matter it. who yeah. they are yeah. what they think what they believe go to keeping those schools exactly. open yeah. so no and there's people of every everything at exactly. schools like it's just Talk yeah, about it's separation of church and state yeah you know yeah we have one of my favorite people in the world as a guest in a few minutes Really? Tom Dreesen. I love Tom Dreesen. You know who he was the opening act for for about a half a century, a quarter of a century? No. Frank Sinatra. Oh, my gosh. Tom Dreesen is a great guy. You're going to love him as a guest. Okay, one thing I would say, because of this whole thing that that, uh, that we were just talking about already, I do want to change the name of the show to the, not just the family, but the nuclear family. What do you think? I think Welcome we'll be, to the nuclear family. I think we'll be banned. We'd be banned by we'll everybody. We'll be banned at that by point. more places. What? Uh, <laughs> We're hanging by a thread it, now it, on Facebook. Like welcome, <laughs> like what? More like welcome to the thermonuclear family. Welcome to the nuclear yeah, family, ladies and gentlemen. And why do they want to tear that apart again? I forgot. Why, why don't they want mom and dad and the kids? What's the because problem Because it makes there? people who don't have a mom and a dad feel bad about themselves. Yeah, well, I got over it. You know, my dad wasn't around, right? I would have liked to have had a dad, but you know what? The rest of the community stepped up and took care of me. The dads in the neighborhood could not have treated me better. That's what we need. We don't need to tear apart the nuclear family. You need to start supporting somebody who's not you. How about if we just support each other in a kind That's and what I'm saying. wonderful manner? That's exactly what I'm saying. Thank you. This is not all about you. I like it. It's all about taking care. I, I cannot tell you how what a great job Mr. Laurent did, Mr. Fisher Mr. Lundin did. He got on to all of the fathers in the neighborhood said, Tom, don't worry about this. You're a smart kid. You'll be fine. Can kids not get that anymore? Probably no, not. Because you're, if, if, a, if a man talks to your child, you immediately think that they're <laughs> a pedophile. That's true. It's terrible. All right, we've we got to take a break here with the thermonuclear family or whatever it is. <laughs> whatever. We'll be right back. Great guest coming up, Tom Dreesen. Love Tom Dreesen. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Thanks, Tom. Always a pleasure to be with you. One thing we keep talking about is that North American Banking Company is a community bank. Why is that important? Well, two things. First, as a locally owned and operated bank, we move quickly for our customers when it matters most. You're not waiting for a loan decision to come out of state or making the decision right here at your home. Secondly, our customers appreciate the fact that we get to know them and understand their goals. For many of our customers, we're coaches, mentors, and sometimes sounding boards for their ideas. It's hard to get that from a big bank, but it's something we do just because it's Tuesday. 
Now that sounds like a great way to do business. All of our employees are working to help meet your business needs. It's how we create loyalty. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. See, we have six people in the room. We're all getting along. Nobody hates one another. We're not screaming For each other's faces. I don't feel all that great about Ralph. But. Yeah, you know, Ralph is a wild card here. Yeah, That's right. It's Thank unbelievable. You. Never know what he's going to do. I yeah. was asked by listeners to ask you a question, Dr. Basham. Yes, please. Do you do facelifts on scrotums? No. Uh, Something doctors do, though, right? Oh, they do all sorts of... I thought so. Oh, Scrotoplasty? Yeah. Scrotoplasty. Catherine's making up. Yeah, you can get a, can get a lift and tuck anywhere. Yes, you, know, you can. You know, they, they, they reached out and they've tried to extend cosmetic surgery to genitalia is all the time. There's a lot of uh, women... Who wants to deal with that? There's a, you know, a lot of <laughs> vaginal and paravaginal yep. surgery for, for women because they're sensitive. They're, well... The, tightening the vagina or the labia and things like that because women are sensitive about what they look like. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, Who's looking? No, guys. guys <laughs> I'm turn the lights off, I guess. Unless you're turned What are you star. looking at? But guys, yeah. but guys have been, you know, they used to have penis enlargement or lengthening kind of surgeries. Um, How does that work exactly? Oh, oh, are there things implanted? You cut the suspensory ligament of the penis and it hangs down a little bit more. You look great. All right. You right. look great in the locker room, but it doesn't really change anything else as far as. Uh, what are you looking at me for? Look at me there. And what then, do you care? So well, Tom, you should get your sack cut. I wouldn't, Thanks, I wouldn't have a job if people weren't sensitive about their physical appearance. Well, the face yeah. I understand. That's true, yeah. That is true. But whether your schlong looks larger in the locker well, room, what's more no, important? I don't what's get more it. important, a schlong or breasts? What do you think? Well, you huh? know, well, breasts are what? so prevalent so, in women's just... Self-esteem and identity yeah. and everything Thank you. Thank you. about Thank you. So America. The same, th- the same thing in a ma- for a man. Yeah, I was about to say. Same thing. Same. Really? You know, you get, oh, yeah, guy. You know, some guy is, you know, he's 60 and his, you know, wedding jewels are hanging too low. You know, you know that I hate that about old guys at the gym. Jesus, <laughs> like, get that thing above your knee, will you? Well, that's what they're doing. They're tucking this all up yeah. so that they look younger and... <laughs> No, well, I don't Catherine, do those. I am not kidding you. You can go into any gym in this world, and there'll be an 80 year old guy whose scrotum is hanging so low, it's about halfway down his leg. Do your it's ears like, hang Jesus. low? Do they wobble to and fro? Well, there you go. That's exactly what we're talking about bubble. right there. Uh, you know, God bless them. They're 100. But it maybe all it wasn't the ears end. they were talking about in that song. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, There's a rap song that's changed so, so, to "Do your chains hang low?" Oh God! Uh, is, so, as so as a final answer, a final uh, uh, comment on that is that no, I don't operate on any area of the body that you have to look at with a mirror. Okay, well that makes sense. So no, so if a person has to use a mirror to see it. You know what my hmm. favorite thing is, and I never that's knew a good about policy. this. Policy. Uh, an actor, very famous actress, but I can't remember who the hell it was. She brought up. Uh, um, uh, anal bleaching. Why do they do that? I guess because they're <sighs> that, that's a... doing photos for money on 
Phonos, the internet? We, we call that mm. pornography. I that's kind of thing is that the people have a, a sensitivity about their the darkness of the Butthole. of their anus. <laughs> Why are they sensitive about that? You know what goes through there? Uh, yeah, 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 it's well, going to leave a mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but, I think but, but, it's for the opposite of what. Goes oh, you think somebody there. else? Well, looks, yeah, so it's, yeah, the opposite of what goes oh. through there. Yeah, what goes through there? <laughs> She's like. Oh. And, and, uh, <laughs> uh, how did we descend into this? I don't know. <laughs> well, Ralph is a, Ralph is a doctor, and, fe- and fellows picked up on that, and there was that was a popular thing with with guys as well. That and, and not just and not just gay men, but straight men. I mean, it's, it's, it's there's this there's this uh, standard, uh, like so many people have said, have been put on women uh, by the fashion industry. There's this standard that people try to live up to and if they don't live up to it then they feel sensitive when they're uncovered i have a question i heard an ad on the way over here from the house right and uh it's for some new drug or whatever and it it clears up incomplete bowel movements what is an incomplete bowel movement well like you can poop twice a day and still have like tons of poop well, you're always going to poop again. Poop. You're always going to poop. But I mean, like, you can be constipated, but still poop regularly. Well, that's called a, that's called a laxative. So I don't. Well, yeah. So, so it's like so, a laxative. All right. Yeah. We have arguments. Oh, Tom's ready to go. I hope he wasn't listening to this conversation. Well, no, he learned. He's go, Tom is all about learning. He's not going to judge anybody on anything. He's all about learning. There's no question about that. Tom, how are you today? My face is. Beat red. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I don't blame you. Oh, my you. God. Yeah. I don't blame you, lady. Thank God I recorded it and, and can make a fortune off of it. <laughs> Good luck. That's exactly right. Tom Dreesen, ladies and gentlemen, the book is called Still Standing, My Journey from uh, Streets and Saloons to the Stage and Sinatra. Tom, what a great honor to, to talk to you again. I talked to you on my morning show last week, and... Uh, and uh, to get to have you on the afternoon show as well. I, isn't that weird, Tom? I do a morning show and an afternoon show. It's kind of odd, isn't it? Well, you know, the rumor around Minneapolis is you're kind of an odd guy, so it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, thank you, Tom. That's right it's on the money. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Uh, Tom, I've been a big fan of Tom's forever. A behind-the-scenes look into the life and groundbreaking entertainment career of Tom Dreesen. You're going to fall down laughing and stand up cheering after you read this book, Times Square Chronicles. Heartwarming and exciting, as heard on the Dennis Prager show. Excellent materials, superb delivery. Well, listen, could you just take your name out of there and put Tom Bernard in instead of Tom Dreesen so I can say, hey, excellent material, superb delivery, impeccable timing. But then it says Dreesen. Sounds exactly like you. By the way, that's where I learned from you, you know, many years ago. <laughs> many years ago, you and you and Frank Sinatra were in town for the Super Bowl, and uh, I came by, and it all worked out in the end. Yeah, by the way, we did, you know, I, I worked there, at that area, I worked at a place called Chanhassen. I think it's in Wyzetta. Well, it's uh, in Chanhassen, uh, actually. That, yeah, many years ago. And then I used to work Michael's up in Cato, and, you know, when I was with the comedy team, so I... You know, and I tried to go there in the summertime, but oftentimes had to work there in the wintertime, and, and uh, you know, damn near froze to death every time. <laughs> well, there is that. Hardy uh, people there. There are hardy people here, but uh, you mentioned uh, working with a comedy team. Tom Dreesen was half of a team that set an all-time uh, precedent for comedy in, was it in the world? I know it was in the United States. I think in the world, uh, you were the first. Yeah. You were the first uh, black and white combo uh, comedy team. 
Tim Reed and I were America's first black and white comedy team in history, so we were the last. We were together six years from 1969 to 1975. During the nation, there were no comedy clubs in those days, so we worked all black clubs in the North and the South, uh, what they affectionately called the Chitlin Circuit, black, right. black operated nightclubs, as well as we worked all white nightclubs through the Playboy Circuit and stuff. And we paid dues like no other act ever had to pay. A lot of that's in my book, too, about, uh, you know, about how, that's how I started out in comedy, purely by accident. I never had any idea I'd ever be a comedian. But uh, we got together, we wrote a drug education program teaching grade school children the ills of drug abuse with humor, a concept I had that when we were in the JCs, a civic group, and one day a little eighth grade girl said, you guys are so funny, you ought to become a comedy team. And so we started writing what we thought was material and struggled out on the road and the team stayed together six years, and then the team split up, and uh, I ended up on the West Coast, broke in an old car, an old Nash Rambler, where the front seat came down. It was up on blocks. I, it wasn't a mobile car. It was up on blocks, and I struggled. I had a wife and three kids in Chicago, and I and I, I was trying to make it out here at the comedy store to get on at the comedy store to try to get to the Tonight Show, and uh, it, it, all that's in the book. Hardships. That's why it's called Still Standing, because I've been knocked down so many times in my life, and I keep getting back up again. And, of course, I've been a stand-up comedian. This is my 51st year in show business as a stand-up comedian. Matter of fact, Tom and I talked about that as well, because this is my 50th year in radio. So just one year later, I jumped in and went, well, if Tom Driesen can jump in, I'll jump into radio. And we've been there ever since. It's been wonderful. Most people see me perform and say the same thing. If he can do that, hell, I can. <laughs> that's, that's the route they take. I highly doubt that, Tom. How many Tonight Shows? How many? I mean, my God, you you were on TV. I think as much as Ed Sullivan back in the day. I did sixty-one appearances on the Tonight Show, God. and over fifty on Letterman. And then I did Dinosaur, Merv Griffin, Mike Douglas, Midnight Special, Rock Concert, Soul Train. I'm the only white comedian ever to do Soul Train. He's had an album out in front of an all-black audience called That White Boy is Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, tip of the cap to Richard Pryor. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, well, you know, Richard wanted me to call it That Honky's Crazy, and I told him, I said, no black guy, when I grew up, where I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, no black guy ever called me a honky. They always called me a white boy, and affectionately. Yeah. They would, they would say, hey, white boy, come here. Tell him about that game we played last week, you know. To this day, <laughs> if I go back there, and they're arguing in a bar somewhere about a game I might have played, because I played basketball in all black basketball team, I played football, I'm all about football team, I was a running back, if they're having an argument, they'll say, no, I've scored two touchdowns, and white boy would say, hey, white boy, come here, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was 12 years old, and I found out my name wasn't white boy, you know. Well, sure, well, I understand that, when did you, when did you know that you were funny, who, uh, did somebody convince you, did you know, how did you find out you were funny? You know, if I trace way back to when I was that little boy, my mom had double pneumonia, and we, we lived in the shack, we, and you and I discussed this, uh, Yep. Before, uh, it, uh, I had eight brothers and sisters. We lived in a shack. Uh, um, uh, no bathtub, no shower, no hot water, you know. And, and my mom one time had double pneumonia, and she was. It, we didn't know it at the time. They later took her to the hospital. But I went in to try to make her laugh, and, and I, my sisters put a big old coat on and an old hat, and I went in and I pretended I was being Crosby singing, and I made her laugh. And then I went back out, and I came back out as Bob Hope with another hat and a different <laughs> thing. And she just laughed so hard. And I remember how good that made me feel. And then as a little boy shining shoes in all the bars in my neighborhood uh, where my mom was a bartender, my uncle Frank Pulisi owned the bar and he told jokes behind the bar. And it fascinated me, you know, when I was in there shining shoes that, that with his vocabulary, his inflection, 
that he could cause this sound to come out of everybody's body and fill the room like electricity and unite everybody with this laughter. Right. And I just was, I, I just was fascinated by joke tellers, you know. That's so funny, Tom, because it, uh, and I mentioned this to you a few years ago when I was talking to you, that when I was seven years old, my father and I did not get along. We never got along at all. And the only time we ever got along was when I could make him laugh. I would literally do, I didn't know that's what I was doing, but I would literally do stand-up comedy in front of the TV for him. And it's the only time he and I ever got along. Isn't that, isn't that something that, you know what, I, I once wanted to do a, um, a survey. They asked me to do a story for a magazine. What would all stand-up comedians, what they might have in common? You know, and uh, so I started asking all the stand-up comedians in those days, Johnny Carson, Don Rickles, mm-hmm. uh, David Letterman, George Miller, Johnny Dark, every comic that I came across, I'd say, did your father ever tell you he loved you? Did he put his arms around Ooh. you, hug you, and tell you he loved you? And yep. I couldn't find one comedian. Yep. That, you know, I found one that said, oh, my dad loved me. I said, why did he tell you? No, he didn't tell me. He was proud <laughs> Irish. And I said, did he hug you? No, he, no, he wouldn't hug me. He'd make a sissy out of me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I might I might find that survey be accurate if I went around bartenders. I don't know. But I think sometimes to us, laughter is love. There's sort of an emptiness in yep. you that yep. that laughter fills that void. You know, I'll, I'll tell you something interesting. My dad never, my father never never said I love you. He never just was saying Walter Fleeson was that right. kind of guy. Right. And he never went to any games that I played or any sports or anything. And one time I scored 28 points in a basketball game when I was a kid in grade school. I was captain of the lightweight basketball team and put us in the finals. And my sister went home and told everybody that you know, the whole school was buzzing. And my mom went and got my dad out of a bar because he was an alcoholic. She got him out of a bar to come to see the game. He had never seen me play before. And we got blown out that night. Blown out. I, we lost about like 32 points. I scored only two points in the whole game. But I remember it was in the third quarter. And I fired up what today might have been a three-pointer. And it went through the net. <clears throat> and when it went through the net, I quick looked into the stand to see if he was watching, and he was. And he had the biggest grin on his face. And to this day, if I close my eyes, I can see that grin on his face. Uh, you know, and, and that, that was the only time, like, an approval of what I did, you know. <laughs> but it's, that shows you how important a father is in the home. And that's a whole other discussion yep. that I won't go into. But my charity in Chicago is the Illinois Fatherhood Initiative. Uh, and, and, and I'll just do this briefly. Three out of every ten white children born in America have no father in the home. Five out of every ten Hispanic have no father in the home. And seven out of every ten African American have no father in the home. Right. And, and that's 41 million kids in America have no father in the home. And that's the breakdown of the family structure and could be the breakdown of America as we know it. Tom, I couldn't agree more. That's, I think that's right on the money. We've got to get you back more often. I love talking to you because I learned a number of things. Uh, at, like, I love hearing how people got to be funny. I got the courage to get up there and try to make people laugh. And it almost always is, well, my dad. <laughs> Seriously, it's almost always that, Tom. You're right. Isn't it funny? Yeah. Well, you got, you you know, gotta, the, 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 uh, the, the art of stand-up comedy is something that you don't learn overnight. You pay dues and pay dues and pay. And that's what the book is about. You know, um, my journey from streets and saloons to the stage and Sinatra. It's about that dues paying and how you perfect that craft and how when the break comes, that first appearance on The Tonight Show, you seize the moment. If you're not ready when a break comes, you know, what good is a break if you're not ready when the break comes? So how I prepared and, and uh, you know, how you have to prepare to survive in any of our endeavors, and especially in this industry. 
No doubt. The book is called Still Standing, My Journey from the Streets and Saloons to the Stage and Sinatra. Tom Dreesen, i got to reach out more often. I love talking to you. Thank you for your time today, sir. Thank you. It's so good to talk to you again, Tommy. We'll do it again. We'll get it done soon. Thank you, sir. Bye. Tom Dreesen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, one of my favorite guys in the world. Open for Frank Sinatra for, I believe, 30-some years. Wow. Uh, Quite a run. And Sinatra would tell him every night, he'd go, okay, now, Tom, you're the best. You get out there. You do what you do. Uh, make him laugh. Tee him up for me because, after all, this ain't called the Tom Dreesen Show. Like, <laughs> 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 okay, Frank, we'll take a break. Be right back with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I love that uh, the whole situation about the fact that, what do you say, 41 million kids in America have no father in the home. And we're wondering why we have problems. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the father takes care of all the stuff. It's the mom and the dad part of it, both of mm-hmm. them together. The statistics have shown thing. that uh, criminality is massively overrepresented in kids that grew up without a father. Or a father figure. Or a father figure, yeah. Well, and now they're calling for the destruction of the nuclear family so there wouldn't be any fathers and mothers. You're going to end up with nothing but psychopaths. Yep, That's right. The, the, the nurturing of a father and a mother or parents. And, and it... And it does, I don't know if it really has to be fa- a man and wife. It could be two guys, two women. But there, there's a there's a, a balance to having two people there. It gets it gets two against one. So the kid really can't can't uh, you mm-hmm. know uh, think th- think past the two parents. And I think yep. those are really thinking. If you look at the, the ch- children, poverty is a greater incidence in people without a father or with, or with only a single parent home. Maybe we should call it a single parent home. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the single parent home is a good way to put it. I just I remember honest to God, I can't I can't remember who the hell's we were watching Catherine and I were watching a movie, I can't remember what it was, but the guy oh, it was not a movie, it was a TV show. Uh it's Mark Ruffalo's new T V show. Can't remember the name of it. But uh his his father uh abandons the family because he's a, he one of two twins and one of the twins has, has uh like I don't know if it's a learning disability or mental illness or whatever. So dad just leaves. He just abandons the family and they never see him again. And then those these two guys, they still got their mother and their mother loves them, blah, blah, blah. And then a year or two later, their mother dies, right? Oh, beforehand, I should mention, so mom, after the old man left, she divorced the old man and then she got remarried. The new husband starts beating the piss out of the two boys. Oh, God, and then mom dies. Oh, 
So they're left with the brutal father-in-law, and Catherine stops the, the movie, and she said, do you know what a psychopath you'd be if your mother had died when you were a teenager? I went... Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do know what a psychopath I'd be. Oh, yeah. I would be crazy. I would yeah. be out of my mind. Yes. Can you imagine losing both your mother and your father? No. 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 Yeah, it generally doesn't end well. No, it doesn't, does it? And the only thing that's worse is if you lose a child. Oh, God, I can't even imagine. I know somebody just went through that. Oh, it's like, oh, no, God. thanks. Oh. And the thing about it is it's one of those deals where, you know, hey, good night. We're going to bed. See you in a minute. Well, you don't see him in the morning. You go in, the baby's dead in the in the crib. You're like, oh, God. You know someone that that just happened to? Yeah. Oh, God. I do indeed. It's a horrible, horrible. And I, seriously, I can, you know, he, he basically just said, you know, I'll reach out to you when, when things settle down. He, and he said, when things settle down a bit, you mean like your brain stops spinning? So I don't know when I'll talk I'm to sure him. I'm sure they investigate all of those. Yeah, that, yeah, that is true. Yeah, I know. Matter of fact, when a family friend, when the mom got out, got out to run back. Oh, I forgot something. I got to go back to the house. Pulls in the driveway, leaves the car running, runs into the house, Oops. comes back out, hops the car, backs up right over her four-year-old who got <laughs> out of the car, yeah. backed over him and killed him. Oh, that was a tough road to hoe. I remember that. Actually, that was a friend of your mother. I met him through your mother. Ron and Sage couldn't get out of the car if they tried. <laughs> that sounds good to I've got me. Got him so st- <clears throat> tightly strapped in. But they uh, the reason I even brought that up is because when they investigated, because obviously when the cops came, yeah. she was covered with blood mm-hmm. because he went out to try to. Oh God! Uh, and they grilled her on, "Did you do this on oh, purpose?" Yeah. Well, with Sid's oh, deaths, it's God. like, is anybody doing drugs in the yeah, home? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Is anybody? Were you drinking? That's you exactly know, how it there's went. There's lots of different things that they, mm-hmm. yeah, and they have to do autopsies to see if there was a cause. Oh, let's break it down just one more level. Uh, whenever I was a medical student, I went, I went to see my first autopsy, an older man who died from cancer. And you always, <laughs> as a medical student, you want to see this sort of stuff so you learn and understand, you know, the whole uh, um, this process. I walk up to the place where they're doing the autopsy, and the patient who was elderly that I had, uh, had been involved with the care was on one table, and there was a two-month-old on the other table. Oh, God. And I, and at, which, at which point I say, no, I'm not going to do pathology. Yeah. Because, right. I, because right. and the same thing with mm-hmm. pediatrics. Those things are so tragic and so Ugh. sad, regardless of whether the kid's sick or been hurt, yeah. you know, whatever. I say, oh, I couldn't do it. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, nope, you're absolutely right. So thank you again to Tom Dreesen for coming on. That's exactly oh, what guy. we're talking about. Great guy. He's a really nice man. Yeah. But, yeah, just trying to make his dad uh, like him. Mm-hmm. An amazing story. I love those stories. A little kid can figure out, well, I can get to him this way. <laughs> you know, it's one of those deals. Oh, you're not paying attention to me? Well, I go. I guess I'll end around you then. Oh, little kids it's, will find any yeah. way to get affection. That's it's, the main purpose of a child. It was so funny yesterday when I said to Sage on the phone, we were doing a, a FaceTime. I said, oh, you've got a B on your shirt. And he goes. Yeah, he was like. <laughs> he thought I meant a lie. He looked bee. and then he went, no. <laughs> he had a B on his shirt. It was a picture of a B. Yeah. He, hey, you've got a B on your shirt. He's like. <laughs> oh, you said <laughs> you have a B uh, on your chest. On your chest. That's what that's it was, That's yeah. what made him weird. Well, you got a B if on you said your you chest. had a B on your shirt, I think he would have <laughs> no, known not. that you were talking about that. But yeah, like B on your chest. He was like. <gasps> and he went, no. No. 
No. Yeah, I know he got freaked out because he got stung by a bee like a month or two ago. I, I did remember that. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I absolutely love is I talked to Fawny and we're talking this, that, and the other thing, and, and then Alex turns the phone so it's aimed at Sage. So Fawn just moved over, and and Sage goes, "No, alone, no." <laughs> he wanted her to get out alone. of the picture. He wants to talk to Bop Bop alone. I don't want you in the picture. I know. They're it's hilarious. Very territorial over the FaceTime. They are indeed, as, yeah. as they should be, I assume. That'd probably be a good idea. And then so, they'll both just leave. <laughs> what do you mean they'll both just leave? Like, they'll both be like, I want to talk to him, and I want to talk to him, and then two minutes later they'll both just walk away. I got something better to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this got boring. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to do this well, anyway. This got boring, so leave me alone. Huh? I don't want to deal with this stuff. Their age group does have quite the short attention span. Oh, God. So. Do you know that the it. attention span that you should expect for a child to sit and eat at a meal is two minutes per year of age? Wow. That's pretty low. <laughs> so basically four and eight eight minutes mm-hmm. is what you got. Yep. So that means I've got over ten minutes. Well over, but over yes. ten. Well over. You don't have to say well over. I don't know why you'd throw that in well, there. Well, that makes you know. sense because that's why most children freak out at restaurants yep. because you're expected to sit long. there and yeah. it takes too long. I always hated uh, going to restaurants. Yeah, as a kid. but a, yeah, but a, a baby will breastfeed for a, a half an hour, forty-five minutes. Well, yeah, yeah a well, baby, yeah. but like well, they're well, two-year-old, well, they're being constantly there's fed. Some, the there's some two, there's some two-year-olds that are breastfed at two two years of age, and they will breastfeed for that period of time. So that's I don't know if I believe that. It's a little. I don't know if I believe that. Once they start getting teeth, it's time to start changing <laughs> things up. A bit. Yeah, well, not necessarily. That's not there's, true. There's some women. Kids get teeth at six months old. You're supposed to at least breastfeed for a year. Well, no, I know. You're on but your like, six months. I think there's a social pressure to breastfeed for that period of time, but that's a personal choice. Oh, you do wonder. Oh. There's benefits. The World Health Organization says that there's benefits up until the age of three. I know, and they and they're a good yeah, outfit. Yeah, I'm sorry. When you have Which a full is... set of teeth, you're not you're not doing okay. that I don't know. on my on me. Yeah, no, three. It's a little weird. Yeah. Sorry. Once they can talk, it's they like... can walk and talk. Yeah. and have teeth, all of them. No, not happening. It's a weird thing. There you go. Not for me. It's not happening. All right, I got to read this story, and you guys figure out what should have gone on here or what's about to happen. Oh, boy. That's okay. Hard to say. <laughs> a man, while perusing his wife's phone, discovered she was having an affair with another man. Okay. Uh, her name is Brittany Barron, 31, told police that uh, her husband put a police. gun in her mouth and choked her in front of their nine-year-old daughter. Oh, dear. Uh, she said he continued to assault her, leaving her with two black eyes. As he, and there's a picture of her. She's got big old shiners. Uh, he drove her to the uh, park, to a state park in uh, Ringe, uh, where he lured Jonathan Aramo, Amaro, Amaro, I guess it would be, Jonathan Amaro, 25. Apparently that's the oh, lover. Boyfriend, yeah. A boyfriend. Armando Barron assaulted Amaro, then ordered his wife to shoot him. Brittany Barron told police she said she refused but later complied with an order. Uh, he told her then to slit Amaro's wrists, so she did that. Uh, she said Armando Barron, her husband or Barron could be, then shot Amaro three times yeah. and then ordered her to cut his head off. She <laughs> takes a while. Holy hell. This I guy. would have shot the guy, the husband. Yeah, once you turn the gun on the husband. I wouldn't have killed him, but I would have shot him to oh, yeah. be like, stop 
yelling at me. You just punched me in the face. Yeah, if he handed her the gun, yeah, it'd been like, oh, what are you doing? Shooting you. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like there's no winners in this story. Both your kneecaps. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, Wait. I'd probably aim for the chest because let's be real. Well, I wouldn't want to kill him. Ah. I don't think I could kill somebody. Maybe. I'd try not to kill him, Depending. but I'm going to shoot him in the chest because I, I don't think I'd, I could get the knees. I'd debilitate no, him. <laughs> I'd try yeah, to debilitate him. All right, we've got to take a break. Come back. Part two, we got. You know who we got coming up next. Mm-hmm. Kristen Burt's hour right yes. after this with the family.